Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Everyone knows that there's no other sport like hockey. From the fast tempo to the fights to the highlight reel plays. And now, there's no better way to make it even more exciting than betting on it. By understanding the details of each team and each game, you can turn that knowledge into cash today with MyBookie. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports books in the industry. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. Parlays, teasers, specials, anything you could ever ask for. MyBookie has the best payouts and better odds than any other sports book. You can risk a little, or a lot, on as many games as you want. With the Super Bowl right around the corner, there are daily gifts, free spins, plays, and more. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way to $1,000. That means if you deposit $100, you receive an extra $50 free money to play with. Deposit $200, get an extra $100. You get it. Just use promo code THPN to activate the offer and start playing today. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. So visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. There's no better way to ring in the new year than with mybookie. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. This is episode 39, and the New York Rangers are in the midst of playing 500 hockey. We had the highs of high against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the lows of low against the Buffalo Sabres. And on any given night, you don't know what kind of team you're going to get. It could be the, the energized young kids flying around the ice causing chaos, or you can just get a sleepy a sleepy team that you know does, doesn't seem to have that one-two punch. And man, oh man, when those games happen, it's boring. But first, we'll get into the Toronto game because that happened first uh, Wednesday night. And then the Buffalo Sabres game was played on Friday night. The Toronto game, Andy, I don't know if you saw it. I mean, this was what this season is all about. It was a fun game to watch. We, we took control. We were physical. We had speed. We're getting pucks to the net. Uh, our big guy stepped up, and you know it, it was basically a game where you you felt like almost not a rivalry, but there was a chip on the shoulder for the Rangers, uh, and they played with a lot of passion. And I don't know if it was because you know they finally or wanted to get on a roll after the All Star break, uh, you know, with a tough schedule coming up, and they knew you know these big games were huge if they want to stay you know, somewhat relevant as a team in, in terms of the uh, the wild card. But holy shit, this team, they looked great. And they got a 5-3 win after it, or, you know, when everything was said and done. Uh, they started off a little slow. Tavares, you know, put home a nice, a nice goal, uh, you know, just doing John Tavares things. And then after that, the Rangers kind of, you know, took over. Uh, the Maple Leafs took uh, their best chance to get back in it with, uh, you know, through Austin Matthews uh, scoring two late goals. But other than that, I mean, the Rangers really controlled the game and I was, you know, somewhat surprised and, and kind of proud of the way they came out. Did you, uh, did you get a chance to watch that game? Yeah, I did. And uh, just like you said, you know, really proud of the way they handled some of the 
ups and downs in that game better than they probably would have in the mm-hmm. past. Um, you know, Toronto getting the early goal, but them having a response v- fairly quickly. And then obviously you had the, the, uh, the two uh, goals back to back within the span of six seconds, you know, that top line was flying all night. Um, it's great to see Buchnevich has really responded, you know, after coming off of a benching by Quinn in the, the last game, but, you know, but he, uh, Quinn had said, you know, he needs to be better. We've talked about this, but he puts him right back on the top line. It's not like he's in the doghouse now. So, you know, mess and it looked like message received, Buchnevich was skating and he's looked, driving that line right now. You know, for sure. Yeah. He's, he's always in the right spot. He's either hounding the pucks or putting it in soft area, that, that soft little area pass to Kreider for the second goal was, uh, incredible. I mean, talk about trade value for Kreider going up, you know, in the span, he wins a face off back to Zabanajad as a winger. Um, and Mika, you know, puts it in uh short side snipe. And then, yeah, like I said, then he, uh, bursts behind uh, a flat footed D right off of a face off at center ice and just, you know, power move to the net. You know, if you were a scout watching that, there's a reason that, um, you know, Kreider is going to have uh, probably the highest demand for any of the trades, you know, on the, tr- on the trade market. Um, I think Elliot Friedman said Kreider is probably the only guy that's going to return a first round pick, which I understand because I do think there's going to be quite a bit of uh, the way things are shaping up. Now teams are kind of realizing they're out of it. There's probably going to be quite a bit of sellers. Now it'll definitely be a buyer's market, but and especially since there's no with Hall not there or any premium centers, uh, yeah. But Kreider should definitely command the most. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to the game. Yeah, they just they even though they got hemmed in a few times, it's going to happen because Toronto is one of the most offensively talented, skilled teams in the league. But you know, the Rangers really made them pay in their own corners. Got pucks behind them. They had no answer for the cycle. Um, yeah, a few times they were just heavy on the four check and yeah, it just, it really disrupted Toronto had a hard time with their transition game. They couldn't get anything going. They only got things going maybe off of uh face offs. They could kind of get set and have their cycle going. Cause they're, you know, so adept at passing, but for the most part, I was really proud with uh, how everyone defended their team defense has been so much better recently. Um, even in the last game, which we'll talk about, you know, I feel like at least during the flow of five on five, their team defense has been so much better, which is really encouraging to see. And you see uh, Lindegren and Fox get put out in more defensive situations than maybe they were in the beginning of the year, which is also good because it, you know, make it takes the strain off of Trub and Brady having to be, you know, on, on uh, bombarded every shift. So, and, you know, you can use uh stall cap stall on the ice less. So that's always a win. So, yeah, I was very happy with how they played versus Toronto and obviously, you know, the tip of the hat to um, Igor because, you know, right now with the three goaltender thing, they're trying to find. Yeah, it, it's really looking like if you look at between the three, how all three goaltenders have played. And, um, you know, I obviously there's a lot of factors that go into it, but you have to argue he's been that he's been the best so far. His record is the best. He's uh, he's not it's not like he's had some not so tough matchups. I mean, Toronto, Colorado, like, you know, he's had to put in some work and he's gotten it done. He's made some great saves and he's looked pretty calm. Whereas, you know, it's been an up and down for Hank and Georgiev between shutouts and, you know, blowouts and wins and losses where, you know, you could argue that in that Columbus game, if that goal doesn't go in, if they don't allow that last goal with 20 seconds left on the clock, that's going overtime and, Igor is almost a, either a perfect, you know, five and zero, or I'm sorry, perfect six and zero, or he's you know five zero and one or whatever. Yeah. You know? it, so, um, yeah. So that the Toronto game was definitely. I mean, look who uh, scored against nice, them. Yeah, John nice Tavares and team. Austin Matthews. You know, like those guys are going to get their goals against yeah, any goal. Right, you know, yeah, oh, off, yeah, and off of broken plays, <laughs> like you know, I know the second goal, people were kind of like felt they should have had it. And I, you know, it's, it's tough because you get it. Austin Matthews, he's already on his backhand. So he's ready to put it, you know, he's one of the most skilled players in the league and it's a it's a really quick play, you know? So I don't, I don't fault him for that at all. I thought, I don't think there was anything really egregious and, you know, he's clearly very comfortable. And even Quinn came out, uh, going into, uh, we're recording this on Sunday, going into tonight's game versus LA, 
you know, Igor's a net again. And they said he's, he's, you know, he's really, he's been our guy recently, you know, which was interesting to hear because it looks like he has kind of emerged, you know, from the heap, which I don't know if it's necessarily surprising, but at the same well, time, it's like, it's got to be reassuring for Rangers fans well, who are say, like hoping that. Not, no, you know, no, not, guy, not to cut you off, but sorry, I, I want to throw this in there before you finish your sentence. Uh, the Rangers right now are minus 180. They're, that's like, they're one of the, this game coming up against LA because Shishirkin is a net. Wow, that was bad. Um, they're, they're, that's like the heaviest favorite they've been all season and it has everything to do with that kid being a net. Like, there's no doubt about it. If Hank was a net, that, that line would be a lot lower, a lot lower, like minus 150, probably. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, minus 180 means, to win a hundred bucks, you have to bet one hundred and eighty dollars. So that's that's kind of the impact you're seeing, just you know, around the league in terms of uh, the gambling aspect of of how much confidence you know, just Vegas in general has in not the team Vegas, but Vegas in the gambling world has uh, in in uh, you know yeah. Igor. Yeah, and not to 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 you know get off track a little bit, but you know, I was I was uh, texting James and our mutual friend Gibby yesterday because I was sitting on my couch. And the XFL came on and literally on the bottom of the screen, the whole game, they have the spread and they have the overrun. So I'm sure like, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm sure the gambling community is thrilled. It'd be really interesting to see if, if uh, during a, you know, a hockey game, you had whatever the puck line or like, you know what I mean? Like I, it's, um, it well, was, that I, be, just uh... thought, I just thought it was, was pretty fascinating and, but a really good idea ultimately. Well, they now have the FanDuel bar and you can put in bets at, uh, the Prudential Center. Oh yeah, that's right. They teamed up with FanDuel, and you know, I I don't know how how that's been in terms of uh, uh, the action that's getting played, but because now everyone just has the app in Jersey, so you don't, and it's legal to gamble in Jersey, so you don't really need to go to the, like the stations to put in a bet. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty crazy to see how you know the lines respond to certain players, and in certainly uh, Igor getting in you know getting the call today and and you know and having that news come out such early and then looking at the line and see the rangers as a minus 180 favorite i mean it's absolutely insane i mean usually that's like a boston bruins line but uh yeah. i know la's you know a weaker team slower team they don't uh you know they don't score a ton of goals so uh the line was five and a half was the over under and and rangers were heavy heavy favorites with Igor in that yeah you know in that toronto game where it's you know it's obviously you get a, a glimpse of the future um the game the buffalo game uh the other night kind of is more keeps us a little bit more grounded in reality of kind of what the state of this team is right now um what were your thoughts on uh you know the loss to buffalo at home it was a snooze fest i turned it off um <laughs> pretty much when it was two nothing because i knew what kind of game it was going to be it was going to be, you know, the Rangers make a last ditch effort, which they did to make it relevant. But that's, you know, they couldn't drive their offense. It's just like it's frustrating when they play against teams that are adamant about about uh, their structure and their own D zone. And the Rangers just don't seem sometimes to have an answer. And, you know, I, I know it's tough because we're such a young team and we're still, you know, learning how to, you know, face the, that type of that type of you know structure. But holy shit. I mean. It's just boring. Like sometimes you just got to, you know, throw the body, worry about throwing hits and and kind of create your own space and be disruptive. And we just don't do that. We just kind of like do the same thing over and over and over again. And we become too one on one. We don't use, you know, the space in, in the zones that use the perimeter properly. We just we kind of force things. And when we're forced things, man, it's it's ugly hockey to watch. And it's it's boring. I turned it off because I knew exactly what this was going to be. I end up watching Knives Out, which was one of the best awesome. movies I've seen in a so while. Good. So, you know, I was, you know, following on Twitter and and uh, you know, the NHL app and and I, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And, and so, you know, you can talk a little bit about the game because uh you saw uh, you know, obviously more than I did. Yeah, so Kako starts the game on the fourth line, which is interesting, and Larry David was in the house, which was kind of funny given his rant. <laughs> so, but uh, the one I think the lone bright spot was Kako had a tremendous game and it really sent a message to, I, I think the coaching staff that, you know, he, 
he's not going to settle for that. He was creating all game. He was dangerous. He finally get, gets moved up. He gets uh, a, a nice assist on a primary assist on um, the uh, on uh, the the power play goal. Um, yeah, and he gets put up at, at times when the, he becomes the extra attacker when they you know they pull the goaltender when they're trying to get the equalizer because they're down three, nothing. And then they quickly, sc- they score one and then they score another one on a power play. So, you know, uh, Zabana jet off of, of an insane pass from Panarin on the backhand uh, and Kreider respectively. But yeah, Kako was dangerous all night. He was dancing. He was looking like the Kako we had seen over in Europe and his pace has been so much better. So, I mean, even though it was in terms of team play, I was very disappointed that they were very flat and listen, you know, the night before, Buffalo law kind of hit rock bottom, all this stuff coming out about their organization, the kid Dwayne going on the air and airing his grievances with the, the Pagulas and the ownership. And then they lose to Detroit in the shootout, you know, the worst team in the league. And yeah, it would, they just, it was clear that they were going to come out house of fire and they did, they needed to, you know, and it still was, they still almost lost because they're, you know, they have their warts, but the Rangers have their warts too. And where, you know, there's those games where they the Rangers get up for, they look good. In games like this where it's just kind of like they're, I don't want to say lulled into a false sense of security, but they're, the, the dis, you know, the disparity between their top six and their bottom six right now is pretty big. And the Rangers clearly just don't have the horses. I mean, I've liked what I've seen from uh, Phil DiGiuseppe. Well, um, glad you said you know, that. Yeah, well, because he's been a really, really nice since coming up. I thought he's he's had dangerous chances. Um but at the end of the day, if you look at the, the bottom six, it's like there's too many guys playing on the third line who should probably be on the fourth line. And there's too many guys on the, you know, there's potentially guys on the second line and third line that, you know, should all just be third liners, period. So it's just, yeah, they're just not the most balanced. They have a good top line and they have Panarin who can kind of drive a line by himself. But at the same time, it's like everyone else is like a, is I would say is like a third or fourth line tweener or who's just trying to get their legs under them. Maybe, you know, they'll obviously develop, you know, in another year, uh, Heedle can be, I assume Heedle will keep progressing and just be even, you know, stronger Howden, you know, I think he, he'll can cement himself. He's, he's been good at least defensively, but yeah, there's only so much you can do when Greg McKegg is like the first guy in on the four check and is trying to make, making a you know a pass to the middle he just can't he just doesn't have the skill he's he looks like he's just gonna wipe out at any moment because he's skating so fast you know what i mean he's just but yeah it's just they don't have the horses right now and i mean there's i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that it's just well th- there think... is something wrong with it when it you can fix it and i think you know i've rangers twitter you know watching uh you know watching the feed instead of actually watching the game kind of told me i think the fans are starting to catch on to what we've been saying all season long is that look at Di Giuseppe. These kids that are in the AHL are better than what we're throwing out there on the ice. And, and you know, you can bring up these kids and Di Giuseppe, he's – and say what you want about him. I mean, the kid – I know he doesn't get a ton of ice time. I think uh, – what do you have? Just under 14 minutes. That's actually not that bad. On Just under 14 minutes in the last game against Buffalo. But you guys – you got him being physical, throwing pucks on net, playing with energy and then you got you know McKeg and I know he's a, a center and, and you feel like you know he's got a experience playing in the NHL but there are guys in the AHL that are better options and and we've said this time and time again and now Rangers Twitter is kind of starting to realize it's like wow it's what a difference is to have you know these players getting called up and, and play with energy and, and actually be you know um, a benefit in the lineup and being able to plug these guys in at pretty much anywhere and, and just letting them play how beneficial it is, you know, you know, for the, you know, the depth of the team. And then, you know, uh, news came out that Haley is now uh, going to be injured and out for a while. And, you know, I see a lot of Ranger Rangers fans, you know, not happy that Haley got hurt, but like finally saying like, all right, good. At least there's an excuse now to pl- start playing these younger kids, but a lot more. And hopefully G Giuseppe is, you know, here to play and stay. And then, you know, there are other options down in the AHL where, you know, you can plug those guys in on the fourth line and actually have a, a fourth line with energy and can be obstructive and, and you can trust them to play, you know, just under, you know, 15 minutes a game 
if if, if needed. Because you do have yeah. guys like let's let's just be honest here. Strom, Strom is solid, but he he needs something better than Jesper Faust in terms of the offense. Because Strom's not going to drive the offense. Panarin can and will do that, but Jesper Faust is too similar to Strom in terms of you know he's just there to do the right thing and 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 be in the right spots, but. He's not going to drive. You know, you need two guys no. to kind of feed off of, of Panarin, and you can't have them, you know, with that same mindset of being a little passive. Yeah, and if they key in on Panarin, it seems like it kind of – that line gets nullified a bit sometimes. You know what I mean? 100%. Because it's like if he can't find him in, in traffic, it's not like Foss is going to pick up a, a puck off the rush and make a move between his legs to get, you know, the, the that drive towards uh, – Yeah, he'll, spot, he'll gain so. the line, dump it in, and then, you know, be in the right spot, <clears throat> you know, in terms of defending, you know, the neutral zone. I, but there's going to be – you know, there's no one-two punch there, and it's it's not fair to Panarin and – and, you know, Strom has, has been so successful playing with uh, Panarin that it's like, I, I know it's not his fault. It's the lack of offense on the right-hand side, or I'm sorry, the left-hand side yeah. with, you know, uh, Fost. So I don't know. What well, what do you think the Rangers should do in terms of that line? Because I think Fost is a third-line player, let's be honest. like Yeah, no, absolutely. But And the funny thing is, I think based on how he's played, even though they tried it early in the year and it wasn't working, but considering now his pace is improved tremendously and he just keeps looking dangerous i'd put kako back on their wing i think if anything it could help get him going even if it, he gets like a gimme goal off of uh panarin's unreal play but kako can pick up pucks in traffic he's smart so he he knows how to kind of find uh you know passing seams and he can even if he's the one who ends up passing it to panarin who buries it you know with a power move like i yeah, I think he's definitely earned it the way he he looked the last game and how he's been playing recently. And like you said, Fost, we love him for, you know, he's a the perfect, you know, everything you'd want in a utility player, you know, PK or coaches, you know, wet dream. But for the amount of money he's, he's making, he, for dollar yeah, for dollar, he's, he's one of the yeah. better, better players in the league in terms of what he's getting no, exactly. paid to do. But, you know, but to your point, you know, honestly, if you his honest uh, five on five upside is a third line winger. So why not put him with Heedle? I think a line of of uh, Heedle with Faust and Lemieux would be good. I think they'd be disruptive. They can all cycle the puck. They're heavy in the in the corners. You know what I mean? 100%. Heedle can break the puck in for them, and then those two can just, even if he just dumps it and those two get on their horses and get it and make sure they hold on to it. Yeah, like I think that'd be, I think that's honestly right now the answer, I think. It should be KZB up top. I think it should be Bred, uh, Strom, and Kako. It should be Lemieux, Heedle, and Faust. And then the fourth line should be Howden, uh, Di Giuseppe, and I guess McKegg in the middle, you know, un- unless they bring up another center if Nieves gets healthy or Gettinger, you know. And I think that has, it's not, a, it's not, obviously, it's not, it's still, I think, a, it's like a 500 uh, bottom half of the league lineup, but at the least, it, it seems pretty balanced, and it seems like it can on given nights it can compete. So I think that's what, right. Given what we have right going right now, I think that's what I would like to see. And you know, it's funny that you brought his name up, Gettinger. It's like, at, and not to steer away from because I, I do think that the, there needs to be some sort of uh, change up, and Foss needs to be dropped down. And I'm not saying that as in a negative way. It's just that his role is never a guy that's going to be on a top scoring line. That's just not his style. And that's not, it's, it's not fair to him. And it's not fair to Panarin. I don't think, because, you know, let's face it. Faust is not going to drive any sort of offense. He's always going to be defense first. And, you know, he always finds himself a few goals and a few scoring chances, you know, throughout the season, which is, you know, just icing on the cake. And as far as I'm concerned, but, you know, I, I was even thinking possibly moving, Heedle up the center of the line, moving Strom to the right, and then calling up a center and, you know, and, and going from there. And let McKegg still center the fourth line, maybe bring up, it, you know, a Gettinger and let him play, you know, center with, uh, you know, Kako and Lemieux or something like that. Um, you yeah. know, just to, you know, try things out. Let's see what, you know, these younger guys have. And, and the question I had for you is like, what do you, what do you, if you're Gettinger, what do you feel that you need to do to get called up? Because right now the kid is tearing up the AHL and it's just like, it's almost like, all right, eventually I have to be rewarded for my output. Correct. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is with Gettinger is that, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like they, the organization feels that it's more valuable for him to get more minutes in the AHL, which I don't necessarily disagree with. I mean, who knows? You know, there's speculation that once the trade deadline comes and go and the playoffs are clearly, you know, uh, in the rear view, you know what I mean? Or is it just a, uh, is just an unachievable goal that we'll see more weird experimentation and guys getting called up more, craps off a cup of coffee, whatever, getting your, uh, Joey Keene has been amazing. You know, it was really exceeded expectations. So the fact that he might not earn a call up or, you know, Rykov might get a cup of coffee or, you know, especially cause Hartford, you know, knock on wood is a, is playoff bound is one of the best teams in the AHL. You know, I think it's important for them to have those guys see it out and when have that culture building down there, you know what I mean? Especially if they're pushing for the playoffs. So I under, obviously I agree with what you're saying too, but at the same time, I think if they ultimately, if they think it's one of those things that maybe might be disappointing for a player in the short term, but, is better for their long-term development. I can kind of see why now if they're pushing for the playoffs and home ice and being one of the stronger teams in the AHL, that, that that's what they're going to do. I mean, it would be hilarious if towards the end of the season, all of a sudden you see like Kako and Heedle and, and Howden all get sent down. So you know unfair. what I mean? It would be unfair. And no, I don't think they would no, do that. No. Cause I think that would, that would take away from what the, I mean, you know, in fairness, I, I could see, especially if it's like, I could see Shostarkin going down there. Well, that's so, well, that's all right. To... I'm glad you brought that up because, <laughs> well, all right, news broke out that right after the New York Rangers win, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you know, basically put like a bandaid over big time flesh wound that they that they're dealing with right now. With uh, you know, Frederick Anderson is out for the time being, and and there's no real set date for his return yet, or at least uh, there wasn't as of last night. Uh, I know because I've been checking it every five minutes because uh, he's on my fantasy team and they haven't placed him on the IR. Um, so they go out and they get Jack Campbell from the LA Kings and uh, Clifford for more. And is that it? What, what was the the other thing? Uh, I don't know what the the full. I think it was it was yeah it was Campbell Clifford and, for more. Uh, Kyle Clifford for Trevor Moore. And then some, I think like two second round picks or, or no, like two third round picks or something like that. All right. So good luck because Campbell's not going to solve your problem. I mean, you well, need, he's tw- all right, he's go ahead. He's 28 years old, which I mean, yes, I'm disappointed. They didn't want to go after Georgiev, but it does seem like the price on him has been high and fairly so. And I don't necessarily, cause if I was a GM, like I, I think you're, I, I'm biased, obviously, because we're Rangers fans and we watch him and we think, but, you know, especially if not watching enough of players or just looking at the amount of starts Georgiev has had, it's still not enough to just look on paper and be like, because, you know, how many guys have been tapped to be able to move on and become a number one? And then it just, you know, Scott Darling, whatever, like it just. Yeah. So, I mean, I can understand them being gun shy on paying the high, the high premium that the Rangers were probably asking, but the pr- but. But the, but the thing is, we know, I think, you know, as Rangers fans, like I know that any, if Yargiev goes anywhere that has at least, uh, you know, at league average, even if it's sub, you know, considering he's been on the Rangers, how defensively they pour us, they were in the beginning of the year and he still was producing like he could be a very good either one B and event or maybe even eventual starter. You know what I mean? He's got yes, he's got some warts to his game. Sometimes he seemed very up and down when like things aren't going, he can't, he has a hard time stopping the slide when he's off his game. You know what I mean? But there's other games where he's dialed in and that's it. You're not getting any, and you know, and he's pretty consistent with that at least. So yeah, I mean, if I'm Toronto, I think, especially considering how much, how old Anderson's 30 and he's going to command, you know, his, his uh, high, uh, he's going to command a big raise if they want to keep him. like Campbell at his age is not, seems more of like a, a stopgap if they're just, they, they want to figure this out later. You and know? guess what? So, the, Well, and this is where I want to get into, too, because – and I'm not butthurt because I even tweeted that, you know, the Maple Leafs don't even deserve Georgie after I saw them, a bunch of punks <laughs> towards the end of the game get frustrated. And then they blame it on the goaltender when the, the goaltender is really not the problem. 
you know, I'm not mad that they went out and got Campbell, but they act like they addressed like the issue that's on the team. And, and first off, the issue is that your offense uh, doesn't muck it up and you're going to you're going to fall flat right on your face. If you do make the playoffs, you're going to fall right on your face because you're I don't know if they'll be able to, to punch their card in for a wild card, but you're going to end up playing realistically either the Washington Capitals, the Boston Bruins or the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those that's your those realistically for the Toronto Maple Leafs, those are the first teams that you're going to end up playing in the first round. Good luck because yeah, yeah Tampa's a, a buzzsaw right now. If you think Clifford is going to help you, you need D. You need tough defensemen that, you know, uh are not constantly playing uh a game in which you know they're coughing up, they're constantly giving up uh, scoring chances on one-on-one drives. They don't seem to be defending well in the corners. Uh, you can even see that uh, you know the the pass that Austin Matthews threw out to like their D zone is awful, and they're and it starts with their d- defense, and you know it starts with their their top players really are not getting back. It's kind of like lethargic, and this has been the situation all all year and. You know, you thought it was just an attitude thing where the players were kind of protesting against Babcock, but it hasn't gotten any better. Like they improved a little bit, but they really haven't gotten any better. And they didn't address the issue of defense. You know, they're right. They yeah. need a defenseman. And what better team than to trade? You can bring in a goaltender and you can bring in an honest like top four defenseman or a to- even a top pairing defenseman. Uh, would pr- Shea would probably end up being a top pair defenseman on that team or at least you know, be on the second unit. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, they don't have their first rounder because of uh, sending what's his face to Carolina. Right? But they're going to be in cap hell when they have to sign a couple yeah. of their players. Well, so, yeah. so I mean, no, so what, so, so what I, I think honestly, it's that a package, if they had packaged maybe Kasperi Kapanen, a second round pick and a third round pick for Shea and Georgiev, I'd be pretty tempted to take it. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's well, uh, even his goal, you know, I, because goalie obviously values are kind of hurt or even if it was two seconds, like, you know, a second this year, a second next year and uh Kasperi Kapanen for Shea and Georgiev, I'd be, I'd be highly tempted to take that, you know, a hundred percent. And you know, it, it, it just like, it makes me laugh because you know, the, I saw the first within like 10 minutes of the trade, I forget who tweeted it out, but it was a brilliant tweet. And you know, uh, the sham wow guys with those like, sticky things and the there's a leak in the big you know container oh the water yeah flex tape and the guy just slaps the tape yeah. on the onto the leak <laughs> and it's like you know the yeah. tape says campbell on it and they're like yeah I, I have a feeling that this is not going to hold very well and no. it it just amazes me how like they're just ignoring the biggest you know flaw that they have and i guess they're just going to go for it they they think they got tougher which is uh, great but you know, the tough guys in the league in the playoffs, you know, they're not always going to be that effective unless you guys get guys that, you know, like Wilson that have an offensive edge to them. And I don't know a ton about Clifford and I know he's a big, you know, locker room guy and he was, you know, seen as the heart and soul of the LA Kings, but I just don't see him being really effective when it comes to to the playoffs. No, I also don't see his style meshing very well with nope. the rest of it. It's one thing if you have a few guys throughout your lineup that it's there's some balance you know what i mean but if you have everyone else playing uh you know everyone else is playing uh chess and he's trying to play you know checkers or 10 pin bowling it's going to be yeah it'll be interesting who knows maybe maybe it does work out for them and he look and dubis looks like a genius but yeah to i campbell's numbers in la before getting traded weren't exactly great i think he was rocking like a like a like a 908 or something like and he was below 500 like and i granted yeah. it's it's tough to yeah to compare they're, they're, uh, they're, records yeah. when it comes to goaltending because you know they're the la is not that great of a team so no um yeah so with this all being said and and toronto kind of thinking that they fixed their their goaltending situation um where where do you what do you see the rangers doing and I guess we can kind of get into the elephant in the room now uh, with the the three-headed dragon. Yeah. (laughs) So this goes down, and then two days later or a day later, an article comes. Larry Brooks, Uncle Larry, puts out an article talking about kind of dancing around the idea of a Henrik Lundqvist buyout because 
um, and saying that the Rangers are that because they kept a high price on Georgiev that they ultimately he thinks that their ultimate end goal was to somehow make it to you know after next season so they could just have a a tandem of Georgiev and uh, Shesterkin which would be awesome obviously I as a Rangers fan you couldn't really be you know, not be, ha- you know, you, you could be pretty happy with that, knowing that you wouldn't, you'd have two very competent and ultimately young and, and could be possibly entering their prime goaltenders as your tandem. You know, I think any, any team in the league would be happy to go to war with, you know, a tandem like that, you know, but, you know, uh, I, well, this is what I was going to ask you because a Lundqvist buyout is, it's one thing to, for Lundqvist to like, m- uh, wave his no trade and get traded somewhere and go get a cup. With one year left, there is not a chance in hell the New York Rangers would ever buy out Henrik Lundqvist. But the Larry Brooks floating this idea seems pretty dubious to me at best. So I do wonder if there's a narrative driven somewhere where the organization is, you know, lets Anything? little things like this out in hopes that it does convince Hank to uh, accept a trade somewhere. Because it's very weird that Lundquist has been, you know, I Larry is a lot, is a lot of things, but <clears throat> I don't think, you know, a buyout is maybe one of the more unless you know, obviously, it'd be one thing if he Hank was actively sewering this team every time he plays, but you see, he's got his ups and his downs, but he's still a pretty competent league average goaltender, like. You know, he's been one of the better ones this year, actually. just He's just been kind of up and down. And obviously with the team in front of him, it kind of makes sense. But, yeah, a buyout would be kind of a real shameful way for him to end his tenure with this team. You know what I mean? It's definitely one he's not deserving of, you know. So I do question the motive behind something like this. And if it's, you know, someone, you know, push using Larry as a mouthpiece to kind of try to get Lundqvist to accept, uh, a, uh, you know, a, to drop his no trade. So... Yeah. So what do you think about that? What is your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I can break it down. All I can break it down for you. I mean, all right. It starts off with this. Number one, Henrik only has one year left. So what's Lundqvist's future? Like, is he retiring after that one year? Because it's the Rangers are not going to sign him, right? Like, I'm, I'm genuinely asking you. I'm like, the Rangers can't possibly sign this guy again. And like, how many more years does he want to play? I mean, he the way he talks, uh, you know, to the media is that he's not done playing. Like, these aren't his final years. So if they're not his final years, does he think that he's going to sign back with the Rangers? Like, I just don't know where his thought process is. And if he's not going to sign back to the Rangers, it, eventually he's going to end up on a different team. Wouldn't you want to end up on a team right now? And try to compete for a Stanley Cup when there are teams that are in need of a, a goaltender and are, you know, certainly, uh, you know, front runners for a Stanley Cup. Well, like, what are you, you sticking know, around for? Like, what what is it? And this is this is my and I'm, again, not to cut you off after I just like stopped no, no, no. To, for you to make your point. But, <laughs> you know, this is what I said from the very beginning. And I love Hank. Uh, I, I never questioned his effort and I never questioned his uh love uh of new york city but i think he puts his love for new york city and his own personal preferences and his own personal agenda and his own uh henrik lundquist uh market me in new york city i think he puts that ahead of his ultimate goal in hockey so he's got a gold medal i don't think he really truly cares that much about winning a stanley cup i think he cares about making money long term in new york city and that's why he wants to stay here. But what he doesn't realize is now he's starting to embarrass himself because fans are fans will obviously want a goaltending move. And it would have been great if we got a nice big package for, you know, George, it sent George somewhere. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, there still are other teams that need goaltending for sure. Um, and George is certainly a guy that, you know, is very cheap right now and, uh, you know, certainly can take over a number one spot and would be a hell of a number two. With that being said, that's not happening right now with the the Maple Leafs kind of just shunned George away. And now the three-headed dragon is here to stay for the time being because I don't hear any other rumblings in terms of any other teams really making an active interest towards the goaltender. So 
it's kind of awkward now. And we're going to have to address this because no team is going to carry three goaltenders. Like, that's absurd. And we're going to do it for half a season? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, even now, I still, I have no, I I don't know what they're going to do. If if they think they're going to just have Lundqvist there and give him a, a pity start every 10 games, like, I don't know, you know, or at least keep him. You know, and I don't know if they're if they're willing just to if they're saying like we won't trade you, but we're not going to. And not that he's it seems like he's not he hasn't been made too much of a stink about it either. It's not like I we've there's like clips of him talking to media saying it's like, oh, you know, well, or being passive aggressive or anything. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's very possible that he is just there and he gets a, a blue moon start every now and then if one of. Shesterkin or Georgiev is bad, you know, or has a bad game. Well, here's the thing. If he signs with another team, he's fucking selfish. Like, that's like, I, I will lose all respect for him if he rides out his contract and doesn't help out the Rangers because he would get a really good package, you know, for Henrik Lundqvist. You know, if we retain some of his salary for the next uh, year or two, uh, well, this year and then next year, and he went and got and played for the Colorado Avalanche, like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah, that. I do think that would make no sense. If you, it's one thing if he rides it out and then he just retires. I say, okay, that was yep. your that was your right, that was your right. You know, you were in that contract, you did it. You know, but if your plan was to go somewhere else anyway, I just think a, why would you burn wait another year that your skills could diminish and you could be, you know, used? And b, yeah, if you cared, you'd help them out or at least. It's not, yeah, at that point, you're splitting hairs between whether or not you rode your contract out or not. So, but again, I think at the end of the day, only Henrik Lundqvist knows what he's going to do. And I honestly, I think there's a part of me that he, at this moment, doesn't know what he's going to do. I don't, I think this is all kind of new to him. And it, well, definitely is new to him. So, well, you said, I don't know if he knows, I don't, we don't know what the organization has told him. We don't know what conversations he's having with his, his wife or his agent or whatever. Like, I have no idea. You know, I don't think any, I think, I don't, you know, I'll go as far as say, I don't even think Jeff Gordon knows and John Davidson know. Like, I think they, they are trying to make things happen, but because I don't know if they have a plan long-term, I think they're just going to try to go with things until it's untenable. So yeah, it's, I, I'm, it's this, this one is until something happens. I, I, I don't know if it's like, I don't think anyone's playing anything if I'm being honest. Well, I'm glad you said that. Because, I mean, and then he said, mentioned before too that, you know, Henrik has been saying all the right things. I I do say uh, I will say that the one of the last times I really heard him speak and and he was questioned about it, he did have a, a sense of frustration, being like, I, you know, I've yeah, never sure. been in this situation before, like where I'm now one of three and I'm not the guy, and. And it happened fairly quickly too. It's not like it was. It a, happened almost a, overnight. They eased it. It was it happened overnight. Yeah, and, and you know. And it's got to be tough, you know, that the Garden now is chanting Igor, Igor. <laughs> and, you know, and listen, if he says, listen, I, I want to finish out with the Rangers and then I want to sign a nice, a nice small contract and play for another three years. I don't know. I, I, I would feel OK with that. I mean, there's no question that I think this guy is going to keep in shape. And but if he's going to be our backup goaltender and, and only have a cap hit of, you know, two million dollars would you take that you know maybe if that that's his plan yeah i'd definitely be tempted i mean i mean you know igor is young enough where he can play you know 60 games a year you know and hank you know is sprinkled in and plays you know the the other 22 or even if it was like a 55 27 type of you know situation uh you know I, yeah well, I guess that's the tough thing is because it's like it seems that teams are trying to tr- trend t- more towards a balanced split, you know, with maybe uh, what what did they say the number is now? I feel like every year it drops in terms of what the optimum number of starts is based on just how much harder it is to be, be a goaltender in this league. Well, now, I, I also think it power. depends on your team and how many shots you give up, you know, the, the effort. Of yeah, your- well, yeah, that's like the Rangers are like being in the hyperbolic time chamber for, you know, for a goaltender because it's like you're it's constantly facing an onslaught. Although in their last 25 games, they've been the ninth best team in the league in terms of shot share and, uh, 
yeah, and their Corsi has been much better. They're just, you know, uh, to get back to just what we're saying about Toronto, it shows that they've they're they're growing and they've improved. They've gotten their five on five plays gotten a lot better. So they've limiting shots. The problem is that it just seems like the goals that are going are breakdowns where a guy gets in front of the net and there's no one there. And that's a, those are tap in like, you know, they don't, they've been much better about not face, you know, they keeping teams at the perimeter and blocking shots and getting in lanes and taking away options, but they're still, they still leave themselves open to the occasional drive by in, in the crease. So, um, yeah, but I mean, if that's, if that's the way they're going to pull, if they rate, if they keep improving defensively, and their overall skill gets better, so they're holding on to the puck more. Their possession is better. I don't see why Lundqvist couldn't be, you know, riding as uh, Igor's mentor slash, you know, backup. Um, it almost would be a little poetic, right? Because it's Igor has said Lundqvist is his, his, his idol, his hero. You know, all the feels when after his first win where Hank gave him a big hug and you saw it on his face that he was like, he was smiling. Igor was overjoyed. He was smiling. So, yeah, it would almost be... It really nice and and a bookend, and I think it'd be good feels for everyone involved. But while Georgiev is here and he's talented, it just it really does murky, murky the you know muck up the waters a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's no fault of their own. This is an organization, uh, you know, question because it's not like we're stuck with bad contracts or anything like that. It's just that we're stuck with three goaltenders, and they're all making a case of for themselves you know what i mean so uh, no one's playing themselves out of this situation uh all three including lundquist have have made made it known that you know they they are going to take their starts very serious they're going to give forth you know every single bit of effort they can possibly do and uh you know hank, hank coming off of a shutout win and uh and you know he looks good and granted it's against the detroit red red wings but this is the nhl and you, you know, if you're going to shut out the, the last place team, it's, <laughs> I mean, what, what else more can you do? And, um, you know, I, although I don't think Henrik Lundqvist will ever re-sign a big contract with any team, you know, especially, you know, if he gets kind of pushed out in New York City, um, you know, if his plan is to ride out his contract and then become a backup when this team is ready to uh, make a run, you know, in the playoffs, then you know, good for him. And, you know, that would be a really good finish to the story of, of Henrik Lundqvist's career if he was able to then become the backup, kind of lead Igor to a Stanley Cup. And, and you know, I would say that, you know, if Henrik Lundqvist does that, I, I, I would put him up there as the most important Ranger of all time, you know, bringing a cup back to New York. You know, yeah. obviously Messier gets all the credit for the 94 Cup and his ability to, t- you know, take over games in the playoffs. Uh, if Hank was able to, you know, win a cup, even a, as a backup role, I think everyone would know that, you know, Henrik Lundqvist got us to this point. He wrote out the the bumps that we took to to rebuild again and, and kind of took on a leadership role as a, a guy in the locker room and not the guy in the crease and, you know, let the young kid, you know, play. No, no one's going to ever question Lundqvist's career as obviously he's a, been a top five goaltender in the league for the past 15 years it seemed like so um yeah i I don't know again there's a million different directions we can go with this because you know of the situation and the lack of knowledge and foresight that the rangers have given and to the fans and the direction that they are leaning on going on it's especially now with you know toronto kind of out of the mix of that goal uh, grabbing a goaltender it really kind of you know, puts a, you know, puts a stall to the, uh, to the, um, you know, momentum of, you know, Rangers are going to move George and go with Igor. Now it's, I feel like we're kind of stuck in the situation. Not that it's bad, but it's just not ideal. No. Yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, uh, I think, like I said earlier, I think we're not going to know more until it it happens. Uh, Do we have a countdown of the trade deadline? Uh, when is it? The what, what's the exact NHL trade deadline? There's not. There's not. There's a lot definitely of time not a lot of two time weeks. Left, uh. It's the twenty fourth. So yeah, two roughly two weeks. It's uh, Saturday is twenty. It's Monday. Monday the twenty fourth okay. at three p.m. So you know, I mean, Kreider apparently his Matt Kane his agent is going to meet with Gorton. They might start talking extension. 
this happened with Zuccarello. Uh, yeah, it just, you know, I think it's it's even something to give teams pause. You know, I think it's posturing ultimately. I, I think if, you know, in reality, the Rangers are, what, six points ahead of the Devils right now? Um, yeah, like, I'm proud of this team for what they've done this year and how they've they've improved at least in terms of their maturation and their gameplay but you know they're not a they're not making yeah, i mean they're seven points uh the, they're technically nine points out of a wild card but they have two games in hand so they could be seven you and then, yeah they yeah i know and i know like Kreider is an inter- different cat because of his being a physical freak and what he brings i understand why people are kind of gun shy on trading him because they think that ultimately you lose something that no matter where you draft, you might not be able to replace realistically. Mm -hmm. So I understand that, but you have, you have to take this up. These opportunities do not present. This team is trending upwards, you know, even so no matter what, you're not going to get this, this opportunity again. If the guy really wants to be like, if it was meant to be, he'll, you know, I think they could they could circle back in the summer and talk extension because cried is a rental at this point. He's not, I don't think he's going to, he doesn't seem like the guy who's going to negotiate a, 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 an extension much, you know, unless who knows, maybe he gets traded to Boston and they win the Stanley cup and Crowder's like, Oh, well, you know, this actually wasn't so bad. I like this. I like being home, you know, then, then it is what it is. But, you know, I think he's the one guy. Cause really took, it seems he really took getting traded to heart and he just kind of used it as to bookend and say like, my time with that team is over. Who knows if he'd ever have a change of heart as an aging player, but Kreider does strike me as the guy who like likes being a ranger. He likes the fact that he doesn't have pressure. He's a kind of a, he could be a little neurotic sometimes. So I think going playing for his hometown team might be a little much for him considering how it's well, it worked out for your Jimmy Hayes and your, you know, just some of those other local Boston guys that had a kind of get, got a rough ride there. Uh, well, but, I, I would say Charlie Coyle, yeah, I, mean, I mean, stepped in and he, he was almost a hero. Uh, you know, yeah. it worked out actually very good for him. He seems to find a really, uh, you know, he was yeah. excellent for them in the playoffs when they they got him from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, yeah, I totally. do think there's something to say. If you're, you know, if I'm Chris Kreider's agent and I said, listen, man, I know it's tough leaving New York City, but you have opportunities to play in some really cool markets and, you know, look at the look at the amount of money you're going to get yourself. If you help one of these teams get a Stanley cup, because you're the, you're the biggest piece out there right now in the league. Like you're, you're going to demand the most. So you're the biggest asset. If you come in and win a Stanley cup, man, you can write your own, own contract, man. You'll, you'll, you'll be, you'll be so rich. (laughs) And then you could go back to New York if you, you know, if they have the room and, and they wanted to. And, um, you know, or he could play. He can play in any market that he wants. You know, probably except for Toronto, they can't afford him. But you know, there are there's opportunities out there, and and you know, I think at this point in your career, I know people get attached to cities and they get attached to, um, you know, New York and, and the limelight and you know the Big Apple and stuff like that. But you know, I think if I was in Chris Kreider's position, I'd be like, all right, you know, let me see if I can be the man somewhere else and. If I win a Stanley Cup, you know, everyone's going to be, you know, saying this is, you know, my doing, you know, Boston, Boston, especially because Boston yeah. fell short last year, you know, and, you know, is it? Yeah, my I think my only thing as a fan uh, with trading Kreider, like, I think it's absolutely the right move. And I've stuck to that, even though he's obviously come alive, you know, since Taylor Hall got traded and he does. But my whole thing is my my only requirement is you cannot take a bath on his value. Like I understand that the trade market is down, but if let's like, you know, if let's say if Boston is projected to finish, maybe even if they fall short in the conference final, I, you cannot like Chris Kreider can't just land you, you know, and I know I'm biased because I'm sure other teams will say, well, no, that's his actual value. But like, the 29th overall pick in the draft and and uh, Trent Frederick is not, for me, I don't think is worth Chris Kreider. I would rather resign him just because I, I feel like at that point, 
you're not even getting something that the potential to be anywhere close to his production is there, which is the whole point in trading assets anyway. Um, you know, I'd almost rather try to sign and trade him over the summer or something, or, you know, you know, try to get him to take, you know, but, but there are packages out there that would really interest me. There are young players we spoke about on our last podcast, like, you know, especially if St. Louis is willing to like trade, uh, um, uh, what's his, you know, either a, a Clem Costin or, um, what's, what's this? I can't, whatever that kid's name is. That's really good. I don't know. You know, but you know what I'm saying? It's basically that, I that prospect that Gorton keeps harping on that he wants an NHL ready prospect or guy who's in the HL who's like tearing it up and ready to take the next step like that's I think for me that's going to be really the the linchpin of this deal because I'm not saying they have to essentially be as good as Chris you know or have the upside to be as good as Chris Kreider but you know between the first at least you you have to you're essentially getting two cracks at, at drafting a player that can match or exceed his potential or his output. So I just, whatever they do, I just would hope to heck that those, uh, yeah, they, they, the package they get for him is at least, yeah, is at least realistic that they're not going to take a bath on his value. So that's just me though. You know, I don't know. I know there's some people who just feel like you just have to move on from Kreider period. So yeah. Well, you know, I think there are a lot of teams out there that think that they're one, one player away from really solidifying a Stanley cup roster. So, uh, you know, I, I do think that, you know, once the team kind of is really making a, a hard push towards Kreider, I think that'll open up other teams to be like, we can't let this player slip away. We, we have to go after this right now. And you will give up that prospect and that first round pick. And because the first round pick obviously is later in the round. And, and I know you could still, you know, package both picks and maybe move up if that's what your plan is. Uh, but overall, I mean, you know, the, the New York Rangers are in a position that, you know, not many teams find themselves in where they uh, have the ability to uh, sign big name players. And, and right now they have some good, good, young, solid NHL, I think, stars in like Heedle and Kako, I think when those players develop. So they're already in a good position. They really could uh, be in a, an excellent position and in, in a, that many teams also don't find themselves into where, you know, they, can add additional young star power and then, you know, complement it with, you know, the big signings like Panarin and, and, you know, who knows what they might bring in in terms of, uh, uh, you know, other talent like that. But, you know, again, I think the Rangers are an overall good spot. I think you have to move Kreider and I think you have to make a decision by the end of the year, what you're doing with your three goaltenders. I think that's, that's the, the main, your main priority. And and move a defenseman, that's yep. like like a shed. Yep. You have to because you're getting hit with the yep. um, the Shattenkirk money next year. Yeah, and that's six mil. It's gonna hurt. So, and you know, to I guess for like to our final segment to wrap it up, which is actually this is a funny segue. I wanted to announce that uh, with Kako. And Gurgiev, I'm going to say, or I'm sorry, Shisterkin, I'm going to say they've officially graduated as prospects. Even, I don't, you know, game requirement marks aside, like, I, they're both NHL players at this point. It is what it is. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm announcing that I have a new number one New York Rangers prospect. Wow. A new number one New York Rangers prospect. Uh, Nils Lundqvist was selected to be part of the Swedish men's national team as uh, what is he 20 years old right now? He's one of the youngest players uh, in national team history. And yeah, he's just, the season he's had is absolutely insane. Um, he, I, I think, where is it? I have, I think I have a right here. Yeah. So he's basically set a record in terms of under 20 scoring in the Swedish elite league in history, in terms of points. I'm trying to find the, actual but like yeah he's 19 years old um he's i think he's fourth in the entire swedish elite league amongst defensemen and and scoring yep as a 19 year old which is crazy he's i mean and just he gets called up to the the national team so you you have to imagine he's got a strong chance to play at the world championships this during the summer i mean yes obviously there's plenty nhlers who could go but just based on how he's projected and how he's looked and 
it's yeah and so he gets his first chance of uh, action they play russia and yeah he's got a primary assist off a beautiful shot from the point that gets uh, deflected and then he's on the ice for no goals against and he's on the ice for three out of the five goals you know one of which he assists on as a 19 year old playing against you know men with the national team you know some of the russia's best uh uh yeah adult players and his fellow countrymen so it's for me i think between after you know we obviously have crafts off who's finally finding his footing in the hl he started to heat up recently he's got i think he's got six points in his last like seven or eight games or something like that so he's like starting to produce which is a great sign but i think for me just based on the season he's having i i think i have to put lundquist above him and and Andre yep. miller you know so yeah i just and i you know we we spoke we've spoken especially when we you and i did our uh our early season uh prospect ranking which was a lot of fun we spoke about doing another one but and i did not to give it away but for me it's just like based on what he's done so far and how he not he's yeah he's just he's rounded out his game and he's found another gear and that he's playing the same calm cool collected smooth under pressure game he always plays but he's found some tempo and he's found a headiness and ability to get pucks through and like really make some high iq plays that yeah i mean his the rangers uh depth in their defensive prospect system is ultimately what makes a guy to your point which makes a guy like Shea expendable you know what i mean because by the time that this team is ready to contend. I, I forget how much longer Shea has on his contract. His contract's probably up. And yeah, I just think he's a guy that ultimately he's he, for what his skill set is. It's like he, he's Shea is like a guy who's primed to get paid just for being. Yeah. Being what he is to the team, which isn't reflective of what his actual value is as a, as a defenseman. You know, it's, it's almost inflated a bit. So to your point, I think he, it, if you're going to move on from a guy like him, this might not be and the like, worst time to do it. You know what I mean? I, Especially before no, go ahead. you No, is that, and it goes to, yeah, sorry, goes to my point that, you know, no, the Rangers are fortunate to be in that position because not a lot of teams are where they have such a plethora of young talent, you know, in the system that, you know, just the law of average would say some of them are going to turn out to be, you know, pretty damn good uh, uh, NHL hockey players. So again, and then, you know, you're in a position now where you can even add on to, you know, add on to that list of, you know, prospects. So, you know, I, the Rangers overall, you just got to take a deep breath. You might not get the results you want out of this year, and you might not get the the package you ideally want out of guys like Kreider and or, or Shea or George, um, or you know even you know D'Angelo, you know whoever you decide to move, you know. But you just got to know that you know there are players in the system right now that you know can be very good and fill that void uh, if if you know yeah. things don't work out ideally with the trades this year. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, every NHL team is always looking for right-handed, right-side defensemen, and the Rangers seem to have them coming out of their ears at this point between Fox and, and yeah, it's crazy. You know, if you look in their in their system, you have Fox now, you have uh, D'Angelo, uh, you have, uh, you know, uh, Nils Lundqvist, you have Zach Jones, um, really, you know, you have Ke'Andre, you know, you have him on the left side, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I guess you guys like Rykov and Hayek for the left. So it's just like they, they're just so deep in that position. And I know it might sound like, well, we don't have anyone better yet, but this is the time, especially if you're not making the playoffs. Like you have you have to take advantage of this. Op- this, this is an opportunity. And that's where a lot of NHL GMs fall short is that, you, that you're always looking back in hindsight, said, well, if they had just done this or you know, made the tough decision, then they wouldn't be in this predicament now that has really hampered them going forward. So yeah, the Rangers have some tough decisions to make and things that might seem to set them back for the moment, but it's, it literally, it it doubles their chances of leaping ahead, you know, in the future. So, and that goes for next year, you know, next year is a rebuilding year. I don't care how you want to put it. You're, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to construct a, uh, you know, uh, a, a really solid NHL team when you're paying six million to to a, a player that's not even on your roster. So um, don't get frustrated this year. Don't get frustrated next year. You know, you know this is technically year one of you know the of the re- rebuild. So you know two and three is not that crazy. You know to still figure out your identity and and your long term 
you know, ideally ideal roster going forward. Yeah. Buffalo's going on nine years and the Rangers are still uh leaps and bounds in a better position. <laughs> yeah, than exactly. So. Like it's not even remotely no, close. It's not so. even close. You're right. So exactly. Um and God knows if they're even going to be able to keep the one number one star. I mean, their their Panarin is obviously Jack Eichel, and uh, <laughs> I don't even know if they are even yeah. even in a Who position. Knows? Maybe to Jack negotiate. Eichel could be a Ranger. You know, he, <laughs> if things keep going the way they're good. going. Yeah, can you imagine Eichel in New York? Just what? Jeez. I mean, I you know I love big, I love Mika, but if it wasn't going well, and they Eichel says I want out, and he looks for a package, and it's like you know Mika and a first for Jack Eichel, like. I, you know, who knows? <laughs> or, you know, I may, it may even take more than that, but I'd be considering all the good young pieces the Rangers have. I'd be really intent to listen, you know, a hundred percent. Well, but. this was a good one. Uh, I, hopefully the Rangers pull it off tonight against, uh, the LA Kings. Um, you know, Igor, let's it's, uh, I think if Igor gets one more win, it's, I would you'd be hard pressed to not see him getting the majority of the starts coming going forward. Although it seems like he's been anyway, but you know, I think they'll lean into him definitely as their guy. And this is a winnable game for them. They're coming off a loss to a team. They probably should have won against. So you have to hope they're going to be engaged and yeah. Cause LA, like you said, even though they have, they've had their struggles this year and they're not, they're very good. They're a heavy team and the Rangers had a lot of trouble with them when they went to LA uh, earlier in the year. So a little chance for redemption. Uh, hopefully they, uh, yeah, hopefully they're up to the chat. They're not so sleepy and the game's not so boring. You know, James, you and I might be trying to watch this in the back of a, of a tractor trailer somewhere as if we have a, a show loading out, but um, yeah, yep. uh, hopefully it goes well. And, uh, you know, hopefully for a little while longer, uh, especially for just the sake of his uh, trade value, it's Chris Kreider season. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.